Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. This is Rays Radio. He throws. Swing a ground ball to first base. Nadlow's got it. Runs to the bag. The remarkable Rays of 2019 are going to the postseason. Welcome to This Week in Rays Baseball, Winter Meetings Edition. Swing and a drive to right field and deep. Back at it is Loriano to the wall. And what a way to start a game. Yandy Diaz goes oppo and he gets the Rays a 1-0 lead. Right out of the gate. Coming up, we bring you the latest from the hot stove and discuss today's news and notes from the winter meetings. Another Morton payoff is strike three called a fastball at the bottom of the zone the judge disagrees with. And more with an enormous strikeout two away. Now here's your host, Neil Solons. Well, hi everybody. Welcome to our final day of coverage in terms of this show from the Manchester Grand Hyatt in San Diego. The Winter meetings actually wrap up tomorrow after the morning's Rule 5 draft. But um, to this point, it's been a fairly quiet, at least in terms of transactions, stretch for the Tampa Bay Rays. There's been nothing announced yet. Eric Neander, who we'll have on the show in a little bit, just finished his uh, session with the media uh, that he does during the afternoons here, just kind of to make sure everyone's on their uh, East Coast deadlines, and said there's nothing imminent. There have been a lot more talks, a lot more conversations. And even if something were to be close, for the Rays, it still has to, if it's a free agent, it has to result in a contract. If it's on the other side, you got to, if it's a trade, they would have to go through medicals. Usually it takes a little more time. Look, even the, the uh, Rays-Padres trade with Tommy Pham, it still was uh, another day after before it was announced, and then it was a couple more days into the winter meetings before the deal became officially official and all the physicals had gone through. So... That's usually part of the, the, the process. But I do still think that the Rays are going to add offense, and we're going to talk about that with Eric Neander on the program. Certainly I know a lot of the talk back home has been um, about uh, the Rays' thoughts, plans for their future, and uh, uh, Matt Silverman, the team president, will join us on that and also give us an idea of what, what he's doing on the baseball side. And we'll have a chat with uh, Bobby Heck. Uh, many of you probably don't know Bobby, but he's been in the game at the major league level for 15 years now with uh, Milwaukee and Houston and now the Rays for the last seven. So he's been to 15 winter meetings. Um, he does everything from in being involved with the draft. He's a special assistant to the GM to going over and uh, uh, scouting players in Japan. And obviously uh, one of the bits of news today, while it wasn't a trade, was the fact that uh, Shogo Akiyama uh, did meet with the Rays recently. And he's one of a couple of players. Uh, that the Rays, or outfielders that is, from Japan that the Rays are pursuing. So we'll see how that goes uh, going forward. But I want to make sure we're, we, we've touched on that because that's really the other 
bit of news today from a Rays perspective. Nationally, of course, people are still talking about Garrett Cole and the big deal he signed. And I blogged about it at RaysRadio.mlblogs.com today. And look, he's going to have an impact in a positive way for the Yankees in the near term. But it is possible in a nine-year, $324 million deal that at some point with that deal, plus Stanton's, plus at some point the Yankees are going to have to pay Judge, that they could have $100 million committed a year between three players. And at some point, those contracts can become somewhat of an albatross that are hard to move and have an impact on your roster, your depth, all of those things. So uh, while I know you certainly are concerned when a player like that signs with a team in your division, rightfully so, there's no guarantee of health for nine years. There's no guarantee of health for any year for any team. We saw that this year when the Rays used 33 pitchers and 57 players, both team records. So um, just understand that as good as he's been the last several years, Pitching in New York is a different animal, and health is no guarantee. Hey, don't miss Kiermaier Meadows and the rest of the race core as they look to build off the 2019 postseason run. And reserve your 2020 race season tickets today and secure the best seat locations, concessions and merchandise discounts, and access to exclusive events all season long. Go to racebaseball.com slash season tickets today. Coming up on this week in race baseball from San Diego, we'll hear from Eric Neander, the race senior vice president and GM. We'll do that in just a moment. Thanks for being with us. You're listening to 95.3 WDAE and AM620. Hey, new for the 2020 season, suites of Tropicana Field are all-inclusive. Enjoy catering in a private space for 16 to 48 people as you take in a race game. Suites are the perfect way to entertain clients, family, or friends. Go to racebaseball.com slash suites to learn more. Neil Solon's with you today from the Manchester Grand Hyatt in San Diego. It's the last full day of the winter meetings, and this is our This Week in Race Baseball edition. Um, Rays have not yet added any players. Uh, beyond the fact that the Tommy Pham Hunter Renfro deal became official during the course of these meetings, so I had to sit down with Eric Neander, a senior VP and GM, and asked him what his goals were coming into the meetings. With the, the trade we made last week, it um, provides a little more clarity and opens up a bit of a more defined need for us. So uh, the last few days have been about revisiting conversations that I would say we're in a holding pattern prior, you know, as we kind of assessed a roster and uh, whether anything would change with. Uh, the players we had the chance to bring back, and it did obviously with that deal a little bit. Uh, and so it's 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 kind of getting a better sense for where teams are at, where free agents are at, and seeing if we can push those things forward. So really, just ramping up a lot of the activity now that we have a little more clear sense for our roster and how it's changed with the the deal we made with Hunter Xavier and uh, and Tommy. The the thing that I, I mentioned in the conversation yesterday with Stuart Sternberg was now that you do have more potential at-bats for somebody, one would think that whether it's a one- or two-year deal, that there would be free agents that would be more interested now than they were a week ago. Have you found that to be the case, do you think? It, it, it seems it seems that way. And, and, look, Hunter is someone that we, we see potential in Hunter. We, we see growth um, and and would love to give him an opportunity to go out and demonstrate that, but we're also trying to, to put ourselves in as competitive a position as possible uh, with our club. And, and certainly if there's a little more competition, if there's a little more of, um, you know, room for an established player uh, that, that can fit and all provide everyone their opportunities, we're going to look into that. And I think there's been some responsiveness in the wake of the trade we just made. How many players would you like to add from an offensive standpoint in the rest of this offseason? Not this week, but between now and February. Are you looking at two or are you looking at three? What's reasonable? Uh, look, I, I think there are different ways we could go with it. I think depending on the positions and the fits and the handedness, 
I don't I don't think three are out of the question. I, I, I don't know if that's the most likely outcome, but I think that's something that for the right players, that's something certainly that we could accommodate and welcome and uh, probably would uh, feel pretty good about where we stand if we're able to accomplish that. Um, in terms of adding, how much of the talk is free agency versus how much is trade? Uh, 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 uh a near equal mix, I would say. You know, it's uh, there are players out there in the the free agent market that uh, that appeal to us, and uh, hopefully that that we appeal to them, and you know the, our situation, and uh, but also a lot of activity uh, by way of trade right now and discussions that are being had to try to fill uh, similar needs. The conversation I had with Stuart Sternberg was, I asked him, "Well, would you trade pitching to get and and move some guys who help with run prevention to add offense?" And he said, "Well." Anytime we've done that, whether it's David Price, we got David Smiley or Drew Smiley. When when we've when we've done it in the past, we, when you know we move one guy, we'll get one in return. That we need someone who's close to major league ready in any kind of deal where we move pitching um, because that's so important to us. Do you feel the same way? And if and could you see any scenario where you do move pitching to get offense as long as pitching is also included in a, in a trade? Yeah, like I think we ideally like to have some balance to your club and um, how it's how it's put together. Uh, and at the end of the day, we just have to beat our opponents by one in a given night, and you know the score itself is is less relevant. But uh, to to the point um, that that Stu made, I, you know, I, I think we can never have enough pitching and anytime you think you have enough you usually don't and you just can look at this past season and what um what we experienced and we needed every single arm that we had on hand and uh and for them all to step up which they which they did so uh you know i, I don't want to we have a lot of talented pitching but certainly not something that uh i think we want to take for granted speaking of arms yesterday scott boris had his state of the state and decided to say hey they could I, I, he loves what you guys do but you could use a veteran starter what say you to that that thought process very flattering of, of him to, uh, to, to compliment us. And uh, certainly, um, if there's talent out there uh, on the pitching side as good as we feel about what we have, we will always be uh, pursuing ways to make it better and the same on the position player side. How careful are you um, with innings for this coming season? Because I know it's been talked about, hey, at times you could use five conventional starters, but you also do have some guys who you have to be careful, including Charlie Morton. Yeah, no, we, we you have to be mindful of that, and you want to be strong in April. You want to be just as strong in October, uh, and and ideally as deep into the season as possible. So uh, we'll be mindful of that every every pitcher, you know, they're their own individual, their own story, and you know, their own way of getting to any given point. And you want to be responsive to uh, the needs and the feedback you're getting from each of them. But generally speaking, uh, certainly something we're going to be mindful of uh, with some of our guys, but. At the same time, some of the injuries and things that happened last year did limit workloads and might put us in a position to put more on them this year. I, you know, I thought one of the more interesting questions you got was in regard to Charlie. Um, it was right before the winter meetings, and you were asked about, you know, would there be any scenario where you would move him? And you basically said there's virtually none, and then said it's about 99.999% sure. Do you consider him as a one year left or because he has an option for the following year that could vest you almost when you're planning for 20 and 21 how much of that do you consider in your planning yeah look a lot of that 
uh, falls on the shoulder of Charlie and his family, and you know it's a it's a personal decision in terms of how long he wants to extend his career. I'd say certainly as long as he's contributing the way he did last year, both on the field and you know behind the scenes with our group, um, we'd we'd love nothing more than have him be part of our organization. But uh, right now, um, I think. <clears throat> You know, we're, I think, just hoping to come in next year to see Charlie pick up where he left off and have the focus on 2020, and then whatever's beyond that, we'll, uh, we'll take it on as it comes. And from a run prevention standpoint, I know how valuable it is, and you brought back Mike Sanino, who obviously is going to bring you tremendous value defensively, and you're hoping for more offensively. Do you need a backup to center field? Is that among the things that you need? Because Kevin Kiermaier, while he did play a lot last year, does have somewhat of a history. Yeah, it, it's something you, you want to make sure you have uh, the appropriate uh, layers uh, of depth, you know, behind it. Uh, Brian O'Grady is someone we brought in that does have center field experience and uh, feel okay about him him being out there. Um, but I, I think, you know, I, ideally uh, that's an area that we can strengthen further. And if we can you know, do it with someone that can also play a meaningful role on a corner and be on that mix, I think that's the ideal outcome. But, uh, you know, one way or another, I think that's an area that we do want to strengthen and, and just make sure that we're well protected for uh, health uncertainty and also performance uncertainty across the group. To this point, there's been a lot of talk about the big salaries. Any of those scenarios in any way, shape, or form could be beneficial to the Rays? Short term or long term, because I know you look at both. Yeah, no, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, it's for us, um, you know, I, I, there's, there's only so many opportunities that we have in a in a given season to, um, you know, to find to find the right fit, certainly in free agency, and uh, we we tend to keep our focus there and to be responsive to the feedback that we're getting and um, don't pay too much attention to um, the you know, the, the transactions that occur, you know, around us as long as we're uh, on top of our business and the ones that are achievable for us. And ideally, as you come out of the winter meetings, I know you never put any pressure on, hey, we need to do something here. But looking forward, when you get to spring training in February, how do you hope the ball club is improved from where it is now on December the 11th? I mean, the the first and foremost, health. You know, if we can, if we can be a more you know, a healthier ball club next year. I think that'll go a long way. Uh, beyond that, certainly, we had a lot of younger players last year, players that were older but didn't have a lot of major league experience underneath them. They all benefited greatly from from what we went through. Uh, I think that'll be a big deal. And obviously, at the end of the day, I think it's just fortifying our offense. Feel really good about our position, or I'm sorry, our, our pitching side, our run prevention side, our defense. I think is in a really strong place. And it's how do we maintain that now? Well, um, you know, uh, putting ourselves in a better position to score runs, and uh, would anticipate that being a large part of our focus uh, through the rest of this winter. Good luck and uh, enjoy the rest of the time here in San Diego. Thank you. We'll, we'll take all the luck we can get here. I don't know if he needs luck uh, with the job he has done. Again, uh, thought of by some as the top executive right now in baseball and race senior VP and GM Eric Neander. And uh, we'll see over the next couple of days uh, what has kind of manifested itself out of the conversations they've had via trade, via free agency that have occurred here in San Diego. Hey, if uh, the 2020 season, by the way, is right around the corner and an outing at the ballpark is the perfect, fun, and exciting group adventure, join the race as they come off a fiery and fun season, book a group party area. Secure your game day today at racebaseball.com slash groups. Coming up on our winter meetings edition of This Week in Race Baseball, we have two interviews coming up. We'll talk the business side with... Uh, one of the two team presidents, Matt Silverman, and chat with Bobby Heck, special assistant to the GM, about what he's doing here and his impact on the Rays. That and more after this in 95.3 WDAE and AM 620. 
Hey, a world of Christmas wonder awaits. Enchant Christmas St. Petersburg is now running at Tropicana Field until the 29th of this month. Tickets are on sale now. Experience the world's largest Christmas light maze and market, a magical ice skating trail, and a whole lot more. If you haven't seen it, we hope you do. This month, go to racebaseball.com slash enchant to find out more. Neil Solon's with you at the Manchester Grand Hyatt. This is our final segment of our winter meetings edition. Um, I had a chance to chat with a couple of people today, uh, one of those being uh, one of the two team presidents, Matt Silverman. And certainly a lot of the talk away from the baseball side has been about uh, the sister city proposal between uh, the Rays in Tampa Bay and also Montreal. And I asked uh, Matt why this is so important to discuss this sister, uh, this sister city program. I'm excited that we've reached this phase, which is we're talking about it openly, we're pursuing it, and we're talking about why we think this makes sense for baseball in Tampa Bay and, and works for the Rays. You know, for, for a while, um, especially at the end of the season, when we were pushing for the playoffs and in the playoffs, this, this wasn't a part of the conversation. We didn't want this to be a distraction. Um, but now it is a focus for our organization, uh, and especially a focus for Brian Ald and, and Stu and, and Melanie and myself uh, to try to advance this idea and this concept. There's been a lot of news about it. The mayor came out, uh, Mayor Kreisman, and, and uh, told the public his position, which is this can't happen until 2028. And so we're focused on making this happen in 2028. And I, and I want to believe that if we can figure it out for 2028, we'll figure out a way to accelerate it by a year or two, potentially. Why is this particular idea so important, and why do you think it, it has the best chance? The, the future of, of Major League Baseball, uh, at least you know, for, for the next many years, is at stake for, for us right now and for our franchise. Um, we don't want baseball to leave Tampa Bay. We, we don't want baseball to be like Montreal or, or Washington, uh, having lost a team and trying desperately to get one back. And, and we think, you know, especially for the, the next generations of, of baseball fans of Tampa Bay, we deserve a team. Um, but it hasn't been working to the level of other teams. And so uh, that's where this idea was hatched. And the idea of being able to take the best of what Tampa Bay can offer, the best of what Montreal can offer, to really passionate baseball markets that have their challenges, you put them together and all of a sudden you create a team that's sustainable, that can have sustained success, and you have two marketplaces that can enjoy baseball the way we think it should be celebrated, outdoors, when the weather is good, and you take away all the, the conversations about will the team be able to survive or why is the payroll so low. We can solve all of those issues if we can figure out this sister city concept. And while you're doing that, you're also here at the baseball winter meetings uh, in San Diego. Because you're now president on the business side, what's your role in terms of the baseball side? I, I consider... Eric, uh, you know, a, a business partner, and uh, we, we've worked so closely together for over a decade. Uh, I, I'm here as a thought partner for him. Uh, I'm here uh, to, to help him bounce ideas and the, and the rest of the group, and I, I think it's great for us to have a lot of experience and perspective in that room. Uh, R.J. Harrison is here, and Mitch is here, and Bobby Heck is here, and we, we bring together uh, diverse perspectives as we think through and really focus on the team. For the, these several days, we're just focusing on the team, the roster, how we can make this team better today and in the future, and so the, the, the more voices and the more perspectives you have, the better. 
you're still pretty engaged then in terms of the baseball side, even though the business side has to be your focus at this point. Yeah, it, and it, it's it's the reason why we're in this job. The reason why I'm in this job, uh, it's it's because of the baseball team and wanting to win games and working with a great group of, of people, whether that's Kevin Cash and the coaches, or Eric, Pete. Carlos, James, and, and the rest of the baseball operations staff. Um, when it comes down to it, we want a great baseball team. We want to win games. We want to raise banners, and we want to win the World Series. You on an MLB network today, too. What's the area where you want to clarify the most or you think is maybe misunderstood the most by the fans about what you're trying to accomplish in the, all this? Yeah. Here at, at the meetings and, and when Brian and I are at the owners' meetings, we get questions from other team officials, executives from former players, and they say, why are you, why are you trying so hard to, to save baseball in Tampa Bay? Why don't you just do the easy thing and, and move it to Nashville or Portland or Vegas or someplace that's really excited and you know, ready to, to take on a team? And, you know, I, maybe from a financial perspective, uh, an ownership perspective, that would be better and, and easier. But for us, it's about making sure that baseball works and thrives in Tampa Bay. Uh, and that's why we're going through uh, a lot of the, the pain and, and suffering that goes along with trying to get this plan to a reality because we believe in it and we believe that when we come out the other side, whether that's in 2028 or you know potentially a couple years sooner, this is going to be incredible for the franchise, for baseball fans in Tampa Bay, and we're going to be a part of something that is unique and, and uh, um, sort of paves the way for the future of sports. And that's Matt Silverman, again, one of the two team, pri- uh, team presidents for the Tampa Bay Rays on the business side of things and certainly gives you some perspective there. We did hear from Stuart Sternberg yesterday. Uh, one of the people that Matt mentioned was the experience the Rays have in the room on the baseball side. He mentioned Mitch Lukovich and R.J. Harrison. And we rarely have had, I think, on this program, Bobby Heck, who has uh, gone to winter meetings 15 years now with Houston w- with and, and was a big part in terms of their drafting and uh, development of some of the young players that helped get them where they are the last several years. Um, he also was a big part of Milwaukee, and he's been a big part of the race too. His official title is special assistant to the GM, and I asked uh, Bobby uh, today a little bit about uh, what uh, the meetings are like to him. Well, I won as far as the, the winter meetings t- today it- – the size of your group that comes in has gotten much larger and it's really because of how we communicate now in the game too it's just become just as important or more important to spend time with your people that you know you may not have been able to touch throughout the year and as well as talk about things that are would you want to put in motion for next year as well but I mean we're still the basis here is is really to engage with teams but there's also a lot of league meetings we go to and uh, the diversity um, part of meetings has grown bigger and bigger and it's something I've been um, really gravitated to and glad to be a part of. For the draft I think people know there's a war room is there a war room here for the winter meetings and if so what is it like comparably? Well, we have a general suite that's usually pretty big, and then there's usually a uh, an adjoining room that uh, we go from, whether it's a big group meeting, and then if we needed to pare it down to, um, I guess, the six of us or seven of us that are in the, in the uh, lead decision-making team. And give us an idea as to your role now with the Rays. What does it encompass, and how much does it help during the processes that you're going through now as a team? Um, well, I, I change like the seasons. Um, so like, and usually early in the season, um, or either in the calendar year, I'll spend 
two weeks time usually in spring training but the bulk of my spring work will be out in the draft concentrating usually on our top three picks um that'll take me through june in the draft and then uh then it's really time to take inventory of our own players um for june and that's usually up until the all-star break um just in preparation for the trading deadline and then post-trade deadline uh i'm out looking at targets for us to acquire uh then back into our system and then most of the fall is spent internationally both in fall for i'm sorry for amateurs and for professional scouting so you're you're doing really the gamut i mean including you know there were certainly talks about the rays getting involved with players from japan you may be out in japan korea anywhere else in the world where there's a player that could help the rays it's probably the most exciting part of my job is just have the ability to touch so many ways we acquire players whether it's through the amateur draft internationally, and now you know being engaged with uh, players from Japan, as Korea and Taiwan, um, but also you know players in our system and in potential trades. Is it any easier now to figure out whether a player can translate from overseas to here than it was, let's say, when you started in this business five, ten, fifteen years ago? Yeah, I think the gap is closed on that one because we prioritize scouting it um, in person more. Um, but also be due to, you know, we can create a lot more reps through video as well as we've had analytics that we're able to apply to that and, and help with that transition to just lessen the unknown. That is Bobby Heck. Again, uh, he is special assistant to the GM. I thought some interesting perspective on the ability to judge whether a Japanese player is going to translate um, and obviously the Rays are interested in a couple. Akiyama and Satsugo are the uh, two Japanese outfielders that the Rays are considering. And um, there have been reports of meetings with one and conversations with the other. And who knows how far advanced or how wide the interest is. But uh, we'll see how it plays out over uh, what will be the next, who knows, days uh, or weeks. We'll see how it goes from there as the Rays look to add to their group. Certainly, I would think, from the offensive end. Uh, well, I wouldn't say that does it for our winter meetings coverage, just on the air. Um, I want to thank uh, Jay Retcher the last couple of days back at our studios in Tampa Bay. And certainly I want to thank the guests on the show today, Ray's senior VP and GM, Eric Neander, as well as uh, one of the two team presidents on the business side, Matt Silverman, along with special assistant to the GM, Bobby Heck. As I mentioned, we're not done. I'll uh, be covering the... Uh, uh, Rule 5 draft tomorrow to see if the Rays either add or lose any players um, from that. And uh, if anything breaks tonight, you can follow me on Twitter, at Neil Solons, and you can also follow our blog, RaysRadio.MLBlogs.com. Speaking of, um, I wrote about Garrett Cole and his signing and writing it from a Rays perspective. I think it was Eric Neander who said we're not going to lose sleep over it. And I think that's probably the proper perspective to have. It's not like the Rays are fishing in that pond, so to speak, nor can they do anything about what the Yankees do spending-wise or what the Red Sox do. You have to worry about you. Um, And the Rays continue to make progress via trade, via free agency on several fronts, but nothing, at least tonight, appears imminent. As uh, we found out over the years, uh, that can change very quickly. And what one hour is nothing appears imminent can certainly turn into a move an hour or two later as uh, things kind of move along as we get near the holidays. Um, again, you can follow our blog. You can also follow me on Twitter. And in addition to that, uh, we do put up our podcast. So if you missed a show either Monday or Tuesday, you can also follow on today as well. So I want to thank uh, those involved in our program today. And, uh, again, continue to follow. We'll probably have another podcast tomorrow as we wrap up the winter meetings too. Uh, so thanks very much for being with us and listening on 95.3 WDAE and AM 620. 
Thank you for joining us for This Week in Rays Baseball, Winter Meetings Edition. Swing and a drive to right field. Back at a judge to the wall. Rays win! Rays win! Rays win! G. Montoy wants it off here on the 12th. Rays beat the Yankees 2-1. to one. Pitchers and catchers will report and opening day will be here before you know it. For ticket information, visit RaysBaseball.com. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.